0: Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> to that. that means. It's time to make the sweet love with Teddy Spedka on another episode of the original Janksters. I'm Kevin Jank. (laughs) Yay, we're here. We made it to the show just in time. Yeah. (laughs) Even though we were busy with not a whole bunch before this. (laughs) Just kind of playing video games. Video
1: games,
2: yeah.
0: Video, video, video games. Yeah. (laughs) That's the exciting things you do now, that's 2018.
2: Just
1: non-stop, apparently. Just (laughs)
0: non-stop. Yeah, we're back. Um, We're going to be doing an episode this week on... uh, First off, I'm going to get into... top movies of last year, uh, as we normally do about this time, and then we're going to talk a little bit, do a little spotlight uh, of sorts on a game that we, uh, that you know more about than anyone, but we've, we've recently kind of all dipped our toes into.
1: (laughs) True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get into that later, but let's, uh... I didn't, so Kevin asked me to do a list as well, and I didn't want to. I feel like if anybody's going to want to listen to a podcast, they're not going to want to listen to me ramble on about a random list because they'll probably want to hear what the <laughs> top, his top ten favorite movies were. So we figured we'd kind of, you know, uh, we'll, we'll talk about other stuff afterwards. But we'll
0: spotlight yeah.
1: his movies right now.
0: Sounds good. And I actually, I've got a top 20 list. <laughs> but I'm going to go through them fairly quickly so it doesn't get overly bloated. Um, because I saw obviously I saw a lot of movies last year. was definitely the most movies I've ever seen in one year. Uh, I saw I went to the theater 140 times. It <laughs> ended up being Jesus. So I definitely got got to my goal of hitting at least 100. <laughs> Broke that pretty pretty early on in the year, like during September. So. At that point, I was just kind of seeing how high I could get it up to, and that's that's where I ended up. I think it was 104 like different new movies. And for the purposes of this list, I'm also going to count movies that came out last year but didn't really get a theatrical release that I saw. So stuff that was you know came out on Netflix or something, um, you know, made for Netflix that type of thing. Because some of those were pretty My good God. and they deserve a spot on this list. So it's going to be all oh. encompassing. Oh. alright so let's start with good old number 20 Um, this one we've talked about it before (laughs) we've talked about it before on this show uh, so I'm not going to go too much into it but I felt like this was a good spot for it it did kind of crack the top 20 I would say just barely Uh, it was Happy Death Day uh, which came out October or so of last year um, and it was pretty pretty solid. Um, obviously, we've talked about how on the show before about how I felt like the PG-13 rating was stupid and they really should have gone R, and it would have helped the movie tremendously. <laughs> but overall, I did I did really enjoy the movie and it was you know fun. The characters were good. Um, you the premise worked. It could have just been a complete rehash of Groundhog Day. And I mean, I'm not saying broke new ground or anything, but it was different, you know, it at least kept kept it entertaining. It's the kind of thing you've seen before, but not really in a horror setting like this. So it it worked. So happy death day. I did enjoy it. Um yeah, so check it out. It's it's worth a watch for sure. Obviously I love horror. me some horror movies, so it's one of the better ones from last year I would say. Uh, number 19 <laughs> now this one this one we have not talked about on the show now, I, I don't think you're going to like it for one simple reason <laughs> this is a movie okay. uh, I, <laughs> it's a movie called Raw I don't know if you ever heard of it nope <laughs> it is streaming on Netflix I believe at least it was you know, a month or two ago um I think it's still there. But this is a movie, it's French. Um so it's all in French and there's subtitles, so you gotta read it unfortunately.
1: <laughs> well, I'm already
0: out. <laughs> yeah, that's about what I figured. I figured that's where I would lose you. <laughs> But it honestly was a really good movie. It's kind of, I, I would say it's a horror movie, essentially. Um, it's not like, you know, a jump scare type horror movie, but it's its a movie that I remember they were screening at a bunch of film festivals early last year. And there was all these reports of like, oh, my God, like people out and like fucking throwing up and all this stuff. And like all these people had to go to the hospital or something. Like, I don't buy that for a second. <laughs> Because, I mean, nothing in this movie was that, like, oh my god, there's really nothing in here that should make you have that kind of reaction. If you did, you're just a complete puss. <laughs> That's all oh. I have to say about that. <laughs> you heard
2: it
1: here first, folks. You heard it here first.
0: <laughs> I'm not afraid to say it. <laughs> I lose a little bit of respect for you if you, like, throw up or pass out from this movie. <laughs> but, it's basically, it's a movie about cannibalism. Uh, but in a very different way than, like, things you've seen before. It's obviously not only a cannibal holocaust or somewhere. There's a bunch of cannibals in the, you know, wilderness or something like that. This is about this French girl who goes to uh, school. She's starting college for the first time. She's going to a veterinarian college, um, the same school that her sister goes to. And she, it's basically all about, like, her... Kind of' starting to get acclimated to becoming uh you know a college student, that kind of thing, her orientation days and all that stuff and they they uh at the school they kind of do a lot of hazing and like trying to get the freshmen to do shit and stuff like that so one of the first days she 's a vegetarian, but they make everyone like all the freshmen like have to eat like raw duck liver, <laughs> I think it was a rabbit liver, something like that. And, like, she tries to get out of it, but they they make her do it anyway. And, like, pretty much after that happens, it starts awakening some weird thing in her, you know, just craving for meat that kind of keeps evolving (laughs) to the point where she wants to eat people. Of course. (laughs) As you do. (laughs) So yeah, she's kind of dealing with all this stuff and being in this new place and becoming an adult and also dealing with the fact that she has this insatiable hunger for for human flesh now, uh, and it's really weird. It's just it's very different than most American movies. It's just a lot of weird visuals. It kind of reminded me of like Neon Demon, in the way that it's just got a very cool looking style. Um, I'm not going to say the story is you know the you know the most pivotal part like oh where did they come up with this it's so brilliant but it's solid it's definitely good and it definitely goes in some weird directions and stuff like that um and just there's a lot of cool a lot of cool stuff going on there so i i really ended up enjoying it hmm interesting so yeah if you ever feel like reading a movie it's it's not the worst thing in the world <laughs>
1: All right. Yeah, give it up for seven, everyone.
0: <laughs> I liked it. I liked it. So that's raw. All right. That's my number nineteen. Uh number eighteen was a movie. Uh, this came out last summertime. Um, Edgar Wright directed it. It was Baby Driver. Oh yeah. Yeah probably the the last Kevin Spacey movie that people will ever see.
1: It's true. <laughs> Very true.
0: They couldn't go back in time and replace him in this one. But this was just it, it, a good movie al- for the most part. <laughs> yeah. There was definitely some things I thing. didn't like. um. Like he's got, it's kind of the character is always like dancing around and like I don't know, just walking down the street and like dancing and miming things and and it's just got annoying. Like I I I don't go for that kind of shenanigans.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: And so that kind of got annoying, but he's he he likes music a lot, so it kind of fits in with his character. He's always you know got this. He's obviously he's got a problem where he's got this tinnitus essentially in his ear from a car accident he was in when he was a kid so he's got this constant ringing in his ears so he plays music all the time on like his you know his earbuds to keep drowning out the uh the ringing basically so it's basically a love story where he falls in love with this waitress at the diner but he's also mixed up with these these thieves essentially where he's kind of like the getaway driver and it kind of you know things kind of spiral out of control at a certain point and it's just a, it's a very good cast. Uh, John Hamm was obviously great in it, like he always is. Oh God! He was like, oh
2: God! <laughs> he was
0: really intense in this movie. Oh, I felt uh,
1: so intense.
0: <laughs> and he had a good character arc. Like it was not just like a one note thing. It was he had a pretty good arc. Uh, your favorite John Bernthal was in there. Good old Lobes.
1: Oh God, no!
0: <laughs> yep, yep, good old loops.
1: <laughs> no one asked for this,
0: <laughs> but they got it, and it was good. I know Larry from the LCS Hockey Show was like, "There wasn't for a movie called Baby Drive, there wasn't enough driving, but really there was there was plenty of driving and car-related, you know, driving incidents in this movie." <laughs> There was actually quite a bit, so I don't know. I can't get down with that criticism per se. But overall, I thought it was pretty good. Um, I, I hear they're talking about doing a sequel, which doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> the way they wrap this up, there really was no need for that.
1: You know, they got Ed- How are these people going to make their money?
0: <laughs> like Edgar Wright feels like he's got other things that he could be doing. I mean, if you're going to do anything, I'd I'd rather see, like, a Scott Pilgrim, too. Yeah. (laughs) That'd be amazing.
1: That would be pretty good. But that one's, I think that one just wrapped it up. I don't know if there should be ever another Scott Pilgrim (laughs)
0: series. Yeah, kind of. But it seems like there's a bunch of those comics, right? So there's got to be other stories out there.
1: Yeah, I guess so. I never really read into it very much, or at, at all, really. Yeah. But I always thought it was just based on these boyfriends, but could be more to it. Who knows?
0: Yeah, I'm sure they could find something. But Baby Driver was good overall, so I liked it. It used music in kind of a cool way. Not quite as successfully as, like I would say, Guardians of the Galaxy does, but in that vein. So it was pretty good.
1: Gotta keep your veins up and hanging out, just hanging on. Gotta keep your <laughs> veins up, just hanging on, just hanging out. That's my song for today.
0: It <laughs> <That> was lovely. <laughs> We've got a new contender for next time we do the Peter Jank song list.
1: <laughs> Peter Jank's veins.
0: <Banes. laughs> this is only a five-second clip, but. <laughs> It's the whole song, so here it is. On <laughs> uh, number 17, is we. I know we've talked about this on the show before, probably more than once, so I won't go too deeply into this, but Split came out early, early last year. Good old oh, Emily yeah, Tomlin. Right yeah. And, I mean, it's just a really solid movie, you know, which... It's been a, it's been a while since M Knight's really done that. I mean, the visit definitely wasn't bad. It had its moments for sure, but he's definitely I would say uh, back on the right track with this one, especially with the big surprise ending.
1: <laughs> I mean it's it, it's been like literally a year. The big surprise ending is just a stupid <laughs>
2: stupid
1: thing that brings Bruce <laughs> Willis in there, guys. It just brings Bruce Willis in there at the very end.
0: I loved it. I was so excited when I saw that. I was like, oh, my God. Bruce Willis. He's a superhero. Yep. Uh, All right, what's your number 16? (laughs) Uh, Number 16 is, let's see. Oh, this was one that I saw on Netflix. It was a Netflix original. It came out last year called I Don't Feel at Home in This World Anymore. Long title. <laughs> Maybe that's why they went uh-huh. to Netflix, just so they wouldn't have to try to put that on a billboard or, or like, on the marquee. <laughs> or try to print it on a ticket stub. <laughs> but this was a movie, Um, I think we've talked before about Jeremy Solnier. He was the guy who made um, Murder Party and Blue Ruin and that Green Room movie.
1: Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah.
0: Yeah. So he's got a buddy who's always in his movies, making Blair. He's one of the actors that's always in those. And they're kind of all part of like a collective where they all kind of help each other with their projects and everything. So that Macon Blair guy, he directed this one. And it feels very similar to those other movies, even though it wasn't directed by the same guy. And it's, you know, his friend, basically. But it's very much in that same vein of kind of a violent movie, but... In like a real, somewhat realistic type of way, <laughs> but still kind of darkly comedic, and it's it's very interesting. Um, it stars I forget the woman's name, but you've seen her in a bunch of things. Um, oh yeah, I couldn't even like really name them offhand, but if you looked at, like the movie, you definitely know, you definitely recognize her from something. And it also stars Elijah Wood. At least I know his name. <laughs>
1: Ooh, I well, like Elijah
0: Wood. Yeah, he's pretty good in this. And so basically, pretty like, the the main character, she's like, you know, this woman, she's like a nurse, I believe. Um, and she's kind of just down on everything. Like, she fucking... She's tired of dealing with shitty people on their deathbeds and people being shitty to her and stuff. And she's just kind of had it with today's society. She's kind of always complaining about different things and that kind of thing. And then one night, like, her house gets broken into, a bunch of her stuff gets stolen, the cops basically can't do anything, so she's just fucking, you know, pissed. And eventually she kind of decides to take matters into her own hands and try to get her stuff back. And she meets up with Elijah Wood, who they she uh, he kind of ends up helping her. And it's just kind of the two of them trying to track down her stuff and get the stuff back and all this stuff, and neither of them are really good at all this physical confrontation stuff and all that stuff so stuff gets out of hand and you know things you know things get messy very quickly Jesus. <laughs> but it's really good um, so and, and you can watch it free on Netflix so I definitely recommend that one
1: I do like Netflix and I like free alright
0: <laughs> and it's in English <laughs> So there you go.
1: (laughs) Everything I've ever wanted.
0: (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Number 15. 15 was, oh, The Shape of Water, which I just saw somewhat recently. Um, This is a movie I'm sure it's going to be up for the Oscars and all that stuff like that. Uh, Guillermo del Toro directed it. Uh, he did like the first two Hellboys, Pan's Labyrinth, um, Pacific Rim, um, stuff like that. So he's very good at doing stuff with creatures and, you know, just things that are out of the ordinary like that. Um, and this definitely is right up there with that. It kind of feels Hellboyish in a way because I think it's the same guy who played Abe Sapien playing this water creature, and they look fairly similar. So it almost feels like this is like an Abe Sapien origin story or something like that.
1: Very good, very good
0: <laughs> like unofficially, but it's it's pretty good uh it's kind of like a fairy tale type thing almost of this this mute woman who is working cleaning up this laboratory uh, for the government, and she finds out they have this this you know water creature uh, It's kind of a merman type dude uh and then they they experimenting him on him and doing all these tests and stuff like that and she kind of starts befriending this creature and she clearly like has the hots for him <laughs> even though it's like a fish creature uh, but so it's all about her trying to you know get him out of there and help him and all this stuff and they kind of fall in love and all that kind of thing so it's kind of just a very like fairy tale type romance i guess but That part, honestly, just kind of was kind of meh to me. Like, it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't amazing either. But what really sold this movie for me was the supporting, like, characters, Um, especially Michael Shannon. Michael Shannon, uh, he's just awesome (laughs) in most things, and even more so in this one. Uh, he's kind of like the villain, essentially. He's like the main government guy who's always, you know, fucking with the creature and talking shit about her and her her friends that are cleaning up the place. Like he's just like a like a complete asshole at all times, <laughs> saying like racist stuff and just inappropriate comments at all times. Uh, he, he like early on in the movie gets like his finger amputated, like it gets cut off by the creature, I guess, and uh, so he gets it sewn back on, but it's kind of you know, not totally sewn on right. It's taking place in the 50s, so I guess they didn't really have, you know, didn't have that down too well. (laughs) So at one point, he's, like, having sex with his wife, and, like, his finger just starts bleeding spontaneously, and it's, like, dripping all over. (laughs) He's just, like, doesn't even care. He's just like, yep, I'm going to town.
1: (laughs) Weird. Okay.
0: (laughs) He's just a complete asshole, but in the most hilarious of ways. (laughs) And it's it's so great. Like, eventually his finger starts turning black because the uh, the graph didn't take, apparently. <laughs> so just, like, he like, tries to ignore it for a long a time. Eventually just rips his own finger off.
2: Oh, what the fuck?
0: <laughs> it was pretty great. His character was damn hilarious. I just okay. I loved everything about him. So for that reason alone, this movie... Has to go out there, and uh, Richard Jenkins was in there too. He was, uh, he was one of like the the scientist type guys in, um, what it was it, um, cabin in the woods, and he was also like the the dad in Step Brothers.
1: Oh yeah yeah
2: yeah okay
0: yeah yeah that guy. Um, so he was like her neighbor, who's like a gay man in like the fifties, who's trying to like. Do illustrations for like an advertising agency, that kind of thing. And he's pretty good too. Like he was pretty, pretty damn solid and pretty funny. So he definitely kind of kept the movie going in the other scenes. So really, the supporting cast was definitely to me what made that movie. Not so much the main character, who was just kind of mute and <laughs> so you don't get much out of her.
2: Hmm.
1: <laughs> Interesting. Interesting.
0: Yes. All right. Um, number 14 is a movie called Ingrid Goes West.
1: Good old Ingrid, always going west. <laughs>
0: That's her thing. <laughs> uh, this is a movie starring Audrey Plaza and my favorite lady out there, good old Elizabeth Olson.
1: All right. What's your number?
2: Or <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, I mean, she was probably the main reason I saw this movie, but I'm honestly glad I did because it was a surprisingly good movie. Like, I didn't really know much going in. And I just kind of went to see it because she was in it. And it honestly was, was a really affecting movie. Like, it kind of sticks with you. Like, I saw this movie six months ago, and I still remember most of it pretty vividly. Which is pretty you know, doesn't happen all the time. There's plenty of movies I've seen this past year that I don't remember shit about.
1: Well yeah, hundred and forty movies in one year.
2: <laughs>
1: I didn't even watch that many movies in just general.
0: Yeah. yeah. I can see that. It's uh it's it's work for sure. <laughs> 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 All right, go on. It's like having a second God job, since I gotta pay them. <laughs> God,
2: I feel bad. Yeah, this
0: movie is basically about Aubrey Plaza plays a woman, who is, her mom has recently died, and her mom was clearly like, you know, her best friend and you know her everything essentially, and she was taking care of her mom when she was sick, so she pretty much just stayed with her the whole time, and she like Aubrey Plaza's character is clearly like mentally unstable. Um, Basically, the movie starts out with her going to a wedding of someone who, like, you're supposed to think is one of her friends and just being like, she shows up in, like, a hoodie and is just like, thanks for not inviting me, bitch, and, like, sets her fucking, like, sets a bunch of stuff on fire and stuff like that. (laughs) And, like, punches the bride in the face. (laughs) So she ends up going to, like, a mental institution for a little while.
2: (laughs) Uh,
0: uh, trying to learn to, you know, control her anger. And you eventually find out like uh, you know, a couple minutes later that this girl wasn't even really her friend. Like they had kind of gone to the same school. And I think like she, after her mom had died, this woman said something to her on Facebook, like, Oh, Hey, I'm sorry. And Aubrey Plaza just kind of built it up to be this big friendship when <laughs> really they barely knew each other. Strange. Yeah, so she's clearly, she's, you know, very unstable, very, uh, you know, not right in the head, and clearly just grasping at straws, anything to kind of give her life some purpose, Um, and it's, the movie's kind of about, like, how, about that kind of, like, um, emotional instability, and also, like, how social media kind of ends up affecting that, uh, and how that plays off of that because she been, she kind of like she's reading this article one day and she sees uh, an article about you know like your new girl crush or something like that and it's an article about Elizabeth Olsen's character who's like this LA like social media influencer who basically just like her job essentially is to take photos of things on Instagram and kind of make them look cool <laughs> like that's her whole gig she's kind of just one of those people who just people pay her to try to make their stuff look good that type of thing And so Aubrey Plaza starts, like, obsessing over this girl. She's like, oh, yeah, she looks cool. I bet she'd be my friend. So she kind of just, like, takes all the inheritance she got from her mom, just leaves town and goes west so she can go to L.A. and kind of, you know, try to meet Elizabeth Olsen's character and kind of become friends with her. And she very quickly, like, starts resorting to, uh, (laughs) like, underhanded type (laughs) means. Like, she steals Elizabeth Olsen's dog, (laughs) And then, like, calls her saying, you oh, know, I found your dog.
1: <laughs> Weird. Okay.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and so she kind of brings the dog back, and they start, you know, talking to her and her husband, start becoming friends with Aubrey Plaza. And so she, you know, starts ingratiating herself into their lives and kind of becoming friends. And what's kind of good about this is, like, it's not like they're, they're terrible people. Like, Elizabeth Olsen's character could have easily been just, like, you know, a very one-note, vapid-type character who was just kind of, you know, superficial, and all all she cares about is the stupid fancy stuff and that kind of thing. She really wasn't at all. Like, she was very nice. She, she did seem to care about Aubrey Plaza's character and stuff. Like, they honestly did start becoming friends, and I thought they were, like, both performances. Of, they were both excellent, so... It was really good all the way around, but it's just kind of one of those things where you're just like, oh god, eventually it's something you you know this is gonna end badly, <laughs> like things are not gonna go well. Things are gonna she's gonna find out about you know what's going on here and that Aubrey Plaza is basically crazy, <laughs> and you know it's gonna end badly. So you got that you know that uneasiness kind of sitting with you the whole movie, and I won't get yeah. it too much into what happens, but it's just it's very it's very affecting and very sad and just kind of like like Aubrey Plaza even at one point she said something like like I know I'm messed up like I just I don't know what to do about it and it's just it, I don't know it's very it's very sad and just very like affecting and I don't know I'm glad I glad I went to go see that movie because it's definitely something that's stuck with me all this time damn So I'm pretty good I'll check that out Uh, number 13 is the Belco experiment, uh, which we talked about a little bit before on here. Yeah. I like the Belco experiment. Um, it was basically, it was written by James Gunn, but some other guy directed it. It was like the guy who directed Wolf Creek, um, which is kind of where I think the movie didn't quite live up to its potential is that guy is, you know, kind of known for doing more serious type horror movies. Whereas James Gunn's scripts and that kind of thing are always kind of more humorous. So I think like the tone didn't totally mesh. Uh, There's still a lot of good stuff in this movie, but I felt like they could have had a little bit more fun with it. Um, But it's still a very good movie. I did definitely enjoy it. Um, I bet if James Gunn would have directed it himself, it probably would have been a little bit, they probably would have, you know, done a little bit more with the potential and it could have totally, you know, been a little bit higher on the list. But it's still really good. Um, and actually, I'm going to put like a little uh, tie here. Because there's kind of another movie that I had heard about, but I didn't actually watch it in 2017. I just saw it last weekend. Um, it, was, it never got like a theatrical showing around here. So I don't know. I just kind of had to download it, basically. And this was a movie called Mayhem. Um, it's very similar in certain ways to the Belco Experiment. Uh, it's kind of a similar premise in a way. This movie was starring, um, uh, what's his name? Glenn from the walking dead, Steven Yun. He's like the main character.
1: Oh, yeah. I did not know that. Maybe I did know that actually. I don't know.
0: Yeah. This, this movie was really good and it was really fun. Like it kind of had the fun that the bell experiment didn't have. <laughs> uh, this is a movie where it's set at a law firm, um I guess in some in like the near future, let's say, um very near future I would say. There's been this disease uh that it's it like had an outbreak one time where it was kind of zombie-esque but not totally where it's basically one of your eyes gets really red and bloodshot and you just kind of lose all control over your emotions and like you know, that whatever part of your brain keeps you from just going straight from impulse to action is just gone. So like you know you would, you'd normally stop yourself from doing something. You don't have that part of your brain while this you know, disease is affecting you. So you're just kind of prone to doing crazy shit that you wouldn't normally actually go through with. Um, and so they call this being a redder. So it's kind of like you become a zombie, but not really. It's, it's kind of similar to like the 28 Days Later rage virus, but not where you're totally just gone. You're still pretty cognizant. You can still talk. You can still form thoughts and that kind of thing. You're just kind of emotionally out of control. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, yeah, so Steven Yeun is playing this guy. He's a big lawyer at this firm, but they start railroading him um, and – so he they kind of, t- they kind of gets fired, and he's taking the fall for something he didn't even have anything to do with, and that's when another outbreak of this virus hits inside the building, so they quarantine the whole building. Uh, he's but he's got the virus, so he's just going fucking nuts now. <laughs> he's out for blood because they fucking you know fired him for no reason. So he's basically on a mission to work his way back up to the, to the top floor after the guys who fired him and all this shit. And it's basically like a big revenge movie set in an office building. And he kind of teams up with uh, Samara Weaving, the girl from The Babysitter, who was also in the oh. building. She was like a customer that he kind of had to – he, he kind of – you know, brushed her aside earlier in the day and so she's kind of pissed off at him and kind of pissed off at everyone else in the building so the two of them kind of team up and that kind of thing and it's, it's very fun it's definitely got a little bit more of that fun vibe uh, so I'd have to say I put these two together because they're kind of similar in their premises although I do like I think I like the premise of the Belco experiment a little bit better but I like the, like the execution of Mayhem a little bit better Hmm. makes sense but they're both yeah they're both pretty worthy of being on the list because they're both very good in their own ways and it kind of takes different different methods of getting there but they're both really good if you like just office (laughs) violence (laughs) you'll like these movies
1: and you know I do
0: (laughs) who doesn't (laughs) alright number 12 Oh, this was a good one. Uh, this one is a movie called Good Time. Uh, it got like a smallish release, I want to say, last summer. Maybe like late summer. Um, and it's really good. It's very small and independent kind of thing. Uh, it's very gritty. It feels like a throwback to like the 70s type movies, like Taxi Driver, that kind of thing and you just never know what's exactly going to happen, and it just feels like dirty and stuff like that. Um, Oh. Basically, and you'll never believe who stars in this movie, because I I myself, (laughs) I feel weird saying this, but the star of this movie was Robert Pattinson.
1: Oh, God, (laughs) know.
0: I know. I feel weird having a Robert Pattinson movie on my list. But this movie was excellent. (laughs) <laughs> okay. And critics seem to love it. And pretty much everyone who's seen it loves it. And I'm I'm right there with him because it was, it was really damn good. And honestly, I didn't even know it was him at first. He's got like kind of a goatee and, you know, toned, like, toned down hair. <laughs> Not like the Edward hair where it just sticks up. And he's like wearing a hoodie half the time. So I honestly, like, I didn't know it was him until I saw it in the credits. Like, uh, well, it looks like a beginning credits. Like, there's a whole scene before the credits where you're – watching this guy and I'm like w-? and then they get to the, the the opening credits and it's like Robert Pattinson is, is in this movie Oh, <laughs> but then I'm like oh that was him <laughs> the guy that we just saw <laughs> like I honestly had no idea it was crazy uh oh nope we lost Peter uh please call him back in but yeah, um, good time. It was. I, I honestly had no idea that that was Robert Pattinson. I'm gonna see if I can call Pete, or maybe he's trying to call. Um,
2: Yeah, this is definitely
0: a um, a very seventies esque type movie and it's all about um Robert Pattinson's character. He's kind of a thief and as well as his brother. Oh, there we go. There's Pete.
2: Hello, right, I don't know what happened?
1: It's like if, like, I lost signal, and I haven't even left my couch, but it went
0: boop,
2: boop, boop.
1: And I was like, what the hell? And then I looked at my phone, and it, it, it didn't have, it was like I didn't call anybody. I went back to my home screen. I was like, what the fuck? I was like, all right,
0: let me
1: call it's back weird. in. I don't, I don't know why. I've had that. it
0: happen before. It's like, it doesn't even say call ended. It's just like, nope. <laughs> You're just it like, like never, nothing ever happened.
1: It's
0: like a silent, but back, guys, I'm
1: back. Robert Penn, talk about Twilight (laughs) 4,
0: go. Yeah, I mean, he was, honestly, he pulled it off in this movie. Like, he was surprisingly not terrible. So, I guess if you use him right and put him in a movie that doesn't suck, he actually can be pretty decent. (laughs) I never would have thought, but, well, you'll learn the new things every year, I guess. (laughs) Very strange.
1: No, that (laughs) happens to me every once in a while. That happened to me when I watched the movie Alpha Dog. I watched that movie and I was like, "Oh, Justin Timberlake's in this movie." It was like my first like time with Justin Timberlake. I was like, "Oh God, this probably isn't gonna be that good." (laughs) That's probably up there as one of my like top favorite movies of all time. And Justin Timberlake was amazing in that movie.
0: Dang, I never saw that movie. Oh God,
1: you need to watch it. It has an amazing cast. Um, it's got uh Anton Yell uh Yell- whatever his name is, and then it's got uh Yeah uh Ben Foster's in there who plays probably one of the craziest villains I've ever seen. Um and then
2: oh, he is got, good at
1: that. man, I can't remember this one guy's name, but he's really, really great. Uh, <laughs> uh <laughs> and then damn, who else is in there? There's a bunch of people in there. Like, if you watch a movie, you'll recognize just a lot of faces.
0: Nice. Speaking it's, of Anton a Yelchin, movie. I saw a, mo- a trailer recently for a movie he's in. <laughs> so How it weird. must have been shot a while ago.
1: Strange, strange, strange. Well, hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully he's good in it and then he can get, it, get himself
0: an Oscar. <laughs> That'd be amazing. It doesn't seem like it's going to be that type of movie, but I mean, it would be pretty awesome if he did. Yeah. I'm out with Sam. Very nice. I need. <laughs> yeah, so Good Time is basically about Robert Pattinson, who is. He's like a thief. He, you know, he holds up, you know, small time things. Like, I think, I forget where they rob at the beginning of the movie. I want to say it was like a subway station or something like that or a sports arena or something like that. He's just kind of a stick up man. And he takes his brother with him on these jobs. His brother is like a big guy, but he's kind of mentally handicapped. Like, he's clearly, you know, he's got special needs. He's not totally all there. So his brother just kind of does whatever he tells him to. And he's kind of leading him down this bad path of being a criminal. Um, and so they rob this place at the beginning of the movie and things, you know, are going fine at first, but then this dye pack explodes all over them. So they're covered in the, in the paint and stuff. And so they have to kind of ditch the hoodies and stuff and try to change clothes on the, on the run. And they're trying to you know, get away from the cops and everything, but they kind of look like they're doing all right. They, they're trying to cover the paint as much as they can, scrub it off as much as they can at this point and just try to get to somewhere safe. Um, but then they see a squad car coming down the street, um, so they kind of split up a little bit. Like Robert Pattinson goes up front, um, and the brothers walking behind. And the squad car seems like it's going past, but you know the brother starts acting kind of squirrely, and they kind of you know call, tell him to stop. They want to talk to him, and he just immediately takes off running. <laughs> so they they chase him down, and they they catch the brother. So the brother is caught. He goes to jail or goes to the you know lockup essentially. Um, and immediately, basically, once he's in lockup, he gets in a fight over TV. Like, he's trying to change the channel, and the people are like, you know, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> he's like, I want to watch this show yeah. or whatever, and, and they basically beat the shit out of him uh, right away. So he goes, he gets, in, he ends up going to the hospital, um, you know, under police protection and all that kind of stuff. And so... Robert Panson basically realizes he's got to get his brother out of there. Like his brother is not going to survive. He's already getting the shit beat out of him. And you know, the first second he's there, like he's not going to survive this kind of situation. And he's not mentally fit to, to handle this kind of thing. So he, basically he figures out he has to try to break his brother out of here and the whole rest of the movie is him trying to go his adventure of trying to get his brother out and get them you know to safety and that kind of thing and it just keeps going in weird directions and you're just like what the fuck is going on but in a good way cause like you're just like I don't know where this is going like at all <laughs> and just it's just dark and gritty and, and fucked up and, and good and all at the same time so I highly recommend Good Time, because it really was a good time, in a way. Oh. Oh, my. So, it's kind of fitting. <laughs> it's a good title. Oh, my. Even though it's definitely not, like, it's in some ways, it's so not a good time, because it's just you know, such dreary and dark subject matter and stuff, but, but it really is an exciting kind of thrill ride, so you're like, all right, <laughs> I'm, I'm in for this. Huh. So if well, they it, they're streaming or something, I would definitely check that out. Because it's surprisingly good. You'll see Robert Pattinson in a way you never thought you would.
1: Oh, well, I've already seen him in a way that I never thought I would. So where do I go from
0: there? <laughs> you can only go up from there. <laughs>
1: well, can I only go up from there?
2: Because
1: <laughs> I've seen him sparkle. I've seen him do
0: that. <laughs>
2: Sparkle, sparkle.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, my number 11. This was the other Elizabeth Olsen movie that came out
2: last year.
1: (laughs) And now you're number
2: 10. (laughs) I've warned.
0: (laughs) No, no. We must talk about the awesomeness that is Elizabeth Olsen. Um, I think I forget what the guy's name is who directed this. I think it's Ty Sheridan or Taylor Sheridan. Um, I think this was the first movie he's directed, but he was the writer behind Sicario. Um, the year before, 2016, uh, Heller Highwater. Um, and he wrote this one too and this was his first time directing it and it's very much in line with those movies in terms of like tone like it feels like that same type of movie uh, where it's kind of like realistic and and I don't know just kind of dry and but in a good way like there's good just kind of a th- like a thriller almost but not totally not like heightened to the point of ridiculousness like it all feels somewhat real and just kind of Midwestern, I guess you could call it, a little bit. Um, and this is a movie called Wind River. I don't know if I mentioned that. <laughs> I said all that without mentioning the No. <laughs> Very true. This uh, is this right. starring, uh, as we talked about, Elizabeth Olsen and another Avenger, unfortunately my least favorite Avenger, <laughs> Jeremy Renner. <laughs> the two well, of them back together, so- again. I mean, you're, you're
1: really naming off some winners with this uh, selection of movies so far. You got Robert Pattinson, <laughs> and like I'm concerned. I
0: know. <laughs> I'm concerned. What can, what can I say? They did something good this year. <laughs> Although I'm, I'm going to say like Jeremy Renner didn't blow me away with his performance. He's kind of very. Uh, his acting, I guess, fits this role because the role is essentially a guy who had lost his daughter, you know, a couple of years back and it led to him getting divorced and all this kind of stuff. So he's just kind of very down in the dumps and very serious and doesn't talk more than he needs to. So it's like, well, I guess that's fine for Jeremy Renner because this character doesn't have a lot of personality and neither does
2: he. <laughs> What
1: are you talking about? That guy's the <laughs> most personal person ever. We're gonna, we're gonna, get you to come around to Jeremy Renner, don't you worry.
0: I mean, if I ever saw any movie where he showed the slightest hint of personality, I would, I would tell you. I will. That.
1: But, that guy's filled with personality.
2: I, <laughs> uh, not not so much. <laughs>
1: Go on.
0: <laughs> um, so, yeah, basically it's it involves, it's set on an Indian uh, reservation uh, in, I want to say it was like Wyoming, something like that, but one of those states, maybe it was South Dakota, it might have been South Dakota. Um, it's, it's middle of winter. There's just snow everywhere. Um, it keeps snowing and messing up the tracks all over the place. Uh, it's hard to get to places. Um, and this girl, they find, they find a a dead girl out in the, uh, oh, I think like yeah, Jeremy Renner, he is like a hunter. He works for like animal control. So he, you know, goes after animals that are preying on people's cattle and that kind kind of thing. So he's out hunting for, you know, some kind of cougar that had gotten somebody's cattle. And uh, so he he's out there in the snow looking for this thing. And he comes across the dead body of this uh, Native American girl uh, who's probably 18, 19 years old. She was a friend of his daughter who also was killed. Um, and so he's just like, you know, he's, he calls the cops. The reservation police show up, and they quickly call the fbi uh the fbi can only send their closest person who is elizabeth olsen who's basically only there because she was doing a uh, conference in like vegas or something so she was on her way back and she was the closest thing (laughs) so the closest person who can get out there and it's just her like there's not a whole group of them so it's pretty much just her she's like a one-man investigative team so she goes to jeremy renner to kind of help her out like she's Recognize that he's this good hunter, so she figures that maybe he, he can, you know, help her track the killer, essentially, of this girl. And they kind of, so they become like a team, essentially, and they're trying to find out what happened to this girl, and you gradually, there's not much of an investigation, I'll say. So as far as, like, a murder mystery, it's not really big on the mystery, <laughs> um, but it's more of the journey itself is pretty... Uh, it's interesting. Um, and the characters are all good. And it's got, the, like I said, it's got that same type of vibe of uh, Hell or High Water um, or Sicario, or it's just kind of real and violent and, you know, that kind of thing. So I really enjoyed it. Uh, Elizabeth Olson was great. Um, all around, it was just uh-huh. a really good movie. <laughs> okay. I think there's, there's some crazy stuff where it's all like. Right. Like, uh, they go to interview one of the Native American guys, and Jeremy Renner, he's a local, and he used to be married to uh, you know a Native American girl, so he kind of knows all about this stuff, but Elizabeth Olsen, obviously she's out the out-of-towner, she doesn't really understand what's going on half the time, um, they go to talk to the parents of the girl who died, and uh, she kind of starts rubbing the guy, the dad, the wrong way, and he's kind of like, you know, fuck this <laughs> Bitch, like, why is she even here? And so he's like, she's like, I'm going to go talk to the wife. Like, uh, Where is she at? And he's like, oh, yeah, she's in there. Go ahead. <laughs> and Jeremy Renner tries to stop her, but she's like, no, no, i got to talk to her. And uh, she, she goes in to talk to the wife, and the wife is just sitting there, like, cutting herself, like, going to town on her arm, like, crazy. And she's like, oh, God. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> Apparently the... the uh, the guy was just sending her in there, just to see this for some reason. They were just like they weren't even acting like, oh, here's some crazy stuff going on. It's just kind of like, oh yeah, that's that's what she does. <laughs>
1: that's how I do me.
0: <laughs> yep. But great movie. Um, I would definitely check that out. Uh number 10. This is a movie that came out somewhat recently. I think it's getting a lot of, you know, Oscar buzz ish stuff going around it. Uh it's got a weird name, but it's a good movie. Uh three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Uh-huh. <laughs> All
2: right.
0: <laughs> yeah. So it stars Francis McDormand, uh who's like this woman who her daughter uh was like raped and murdered. Um, a couple of months back, or I want to say it was like two years or something back. And uh, no one's been arrested yet, so she's just getting fed up and pissed off. And so she rents out three of these billboards that are all in a row along this one road. Um, and she basically writes on one of them, I think it was um, raped while, or murdered while raped. And <laughs> um, the second one says, like, still no arrest. And then the third one says, how come Chief Willoughby? And <laughs> so obviously the cops, when they see this, they're not too happy about it. They don't like that she's calling them out on this. Um, especially Chief Willoughby himself, who is played by Woody Harrelson. And he's he's really like really solid in this movie. He was really good. Um, and he's not like, this isn't some like bungling police force where he just didn't investigate this. Like He honestly goes to her and he's like, I'm like I'm really trying with this. I like I tried every avenue. I talked to everybody I could, but there were no witnesses. We ran the DNA; it didn't match anybody in the database. Like, I, I would love to solve this case, but I really just don't have any options. Like, I, there's no evidence left to point us in any kind of direction. And she's she just won't even hear it. She's just like, "Fuck you." I'm keeping the billboards up. And uh, so, Sam Rockwell, you know Sam Rockwell, right?
1: Uh, that sounds familiar.
0: He was uh, he just in Hammer in um, Iron Man 2. Or he was the dad in the uh, the oh. stupid Poltergeist remake.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, I love that guy. He is always good as hell. Um, he plays like one of the deputies and he's just kind of an asshole and he's like really racist <laughs> and stuff. And his character honestly ends up becoming like a big focus of the movie and he actually has a really good arc and it's like... It, he is amazing in this movie. Like he is probably the standout part of this movie more than even, even she. Oh. Overall, she's very good. She's kind of, she's just like a stone cold solid bitch. She like, keeps saying the word cunt over and over again and kicking people. <laughs> like someone throws, like some kid throws something at her car and she's like, who did it? And she's like, she asked one kid, he's like, I don't know. And so she kicks him in the balls. <laughs> There's, like, the girl next to him, so he she asks her, and she's like, well, what did you, did you see who did it? She's like, no. So she kicks her right in, the like, the vagina.
1: <laughs> right in the vagina.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so she's just kind of very, a one-note bitch throughout the entire thing. But you kind of get where she's coming from, but she kind of, you know, obviously is taking things a little too far in some ways. And refusing to see any kind of rational you know, way of thinking. Huh. But all in all, a really good movie, a really good cast. So I'm not mad about that one being up first off because it was, it was good. I'm not going to say it's like an all-time great, but it was solid.
1: Better than Robert Pattinson so far. That's
0: good. <laughs> um, Number nine, uh, War for the Planet of the Apes. You know, I love me some ape oh. movies. Yeah, I really, I love all three of the new ape movies. I thought they were all really good, really well done. Um, this one is definitely right up there. It's, I, I'm not sure. I haven't done like a ranking yet to try to figure out which one is the best. I need to probably watch them all back to back again. But it's definitely right up there. Like it's, it's damn solid. Uh, I heard somebody say like, I think all of these apes movies were named wrong, and <laughs> they're kind of. They're kind of right in that regard. Because uh, it went Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, and then War for the Planet of the Apes. Because um, really the first one should have been the Rise. I do know. Yeah, the first one should have yeah. been it was Rise, then Dawn, then War. It should have been Dawn. You have the Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Then you have the Rise of the Planet of the Apes. And then they called this one War for the Planet of the Apes, but it really wasn't a war. <laughs> there really wasn't a war in this movie. So if you're going for just like two hours of nonstop apes on human war, you're kind of going to come up short on that one. Because um, it is more of like a, like a prison. Oh, we lost you. We lost
1: you, Kev. You've, you've passed that. Oh, he's gone. Everybody, hopefully you've had a a good weekend so far. Um, Hopefully you guys have enjoyed uh, your new year. Um, Hopefully Kevin can come back and talk about the the Planet of the Apes of the Planet of the Apes of the Planet of the Apes. um, and we can get back into the podcast and talk about the stuff that we enjoyed the least about it and the most about it. Um, specifically starting with the rise of the planet of the of those Of the of those, Really. Really and truly, kind of. Um, and then we can go from there, I suppose. Oh, I Hello. think he's coming back. Oh, there
0: he is. Can't blog talk. I don't know what they're doing today. I don't like it.
1: We were talking about the planet of the something of the apes. So we were good.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I think we got it. We covered it all. I hope they make more of these movies. I don't know that they will. They kind of seem like they brought this to a close and it's just going to be a trilogy, but I would definitely welcome some more of them. Even if they eventually just remake the planet of the apes with, you know, the whole astronaut coming back from from uh space and that type of thing, I'd be fine with that too. So I'll number <laughs> eight, number eight. Uh eight is Kingsman the Golden Circle. All right. Yeah, did you ever see the first Kingsman?
1: Um, uh, yes.
0: Yeah, I love that movie. So good.
1: It is pretty good. I did like it.
0: The whole I, I like church scene little. that was just amazing.
1: I know. Well, that's the thing. Is
0: like that was the thing of that movie. It was, but there was a lot of good stuff. I liked the movie all the way around. And this one, a lot of people shit on this sequel. Like, they're like, oh, man, I love the first one, but this one was just terrible. I still loved it. <laughs> I, I, I liked it a lot. I don't understand why people hate on it so much. Um, there's definitely some things that are a little far-fetched, but I'm not going to say they're totally out of line with this world that they've set up. Uh, like There's some rope, like the basically, uh, what's her name? Um, the villain is oh God, I can't remember her name the red headed lady um, um, I don't know. know my my English teacher <laughs> <It's
2: Holly. laughs>
0: no julianne Moore that's it Oh. Uh. <laughs> I that. so
1: she's, she's like the, the, only the other villain headed lady in America.
0: <laughs> yeah, her and Lucille Ball, and she's dead, so she can't do it.
1: <laughs> her, her hair was black and white. We all know that.
0: <laughs> it's true. <laughs> TV never lies to me. So was her skin. Must have been some kind of disease. Um, yep. So, yeah, she's a villain. She's she's a drug dealer who's kind of, like, obsessed with the 50s and, like, 60s and, like, old-time Americana type things. So she's not allowed in the country because, you know, of all of her drug deals and, and everything. So she's built herself, like, this little island paradise almost somewhere in, like, South America and just decorated with all this 50s, like, diner stuff and all that kind of shit like that and she's got these robot dogs that, I mean, I get it. They're kind of... That's kind of, like, stretching it. Like, to have these big fucking robot dog things. That's, you know, that's a little out there. (laughs) But, honestly, they turned out pretty well. Like, and... With all the technology that the Kingsmen have and all that stuff like that, robot dogs don't seem that out of line for this world. It's maybe a little, you know, a little little silly and a bit of a stretch, but I'm not going to say it totally took me out of the movie because it really didn't. All right she uh, she kidnapped <laughs> she kidnapped Elton John and is like holding him there as a prisoner and he's got some pretty good bits where uh they're I thought really funny so that was pretty good um and just all around like there was some good a lot of good stuff it brought new stuff to the table they went to America obviously to meet their american counterparts who had you know different types of weapons and different you know, different backstory type type thing and different way they operate, so that was cool to see all that. Um let's see what was I gonna say? Um, oh, there's one part like I like that they weren't afraid to just go for shit in this movie. Like there's a part where they've got these little like tiny condom like things that they've got to yeah. get a homing beacon. <laughs> they've got to get a homing beacon inside this this woman <laughs> so that they can track her back to her base, essentially.
2: <laughs> Pour it in <laughs> me.
0: <laughs> yep. And you've got to attach it to a mucous membrane. So it's like, oh, what, are we supposed to put it? Put a finger in her nose or something like that? It's like, oh, it's not going in her nose, is it? So basically the, they have to try to get this thing into her vagina, which is just fucking great. <laughs> You never see that in a movie. Uh, <laughs> James Bond's always sleeping with ladies, but <laughs> they never just put it right on Front Street where they're like, yep, you got to slip this into her vagina. <laughs> I don't care how you do it. Just get it in there. <laughs> Punch it in.
2: <laughs>
0: and I appreciate that. I like that they're just going for shit. That's what makes these movies so good. They take those old tropes and just kind of turn them around a little bit.
2: The
1: old vagina trope, don't you know? (laughs) Don't you remember that (laughs) vagina trope that we were all just like man? They haven't really brought that one back for a while, but then here we are. (laughs)
2: That
1: vagina trope punching (laughs) it into the vagina. That old vagina trope. Don't you know?
0: (laughs) Well, it's more so that they're always sleeping with, you know, the hot lady, <laughs> but at least giving it a purpose now.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And really, since it's, it's a, it's a tiny it thing that doesn't really go on your penis. So basically, it's going in with a finger. <laughs> so oh, boy. That's that's maybe that's maybe a cool thing that you don't hear about much in
2: <laughs> in movies. You don't, don't you remember those parts, though, in the old days, though, where there was just like, you've got a small thing, you got to go over giant. You can't go on your penis. <laughs> <It's>, this is <thing's laughs> going.
1: On a finger, definitely. Or maybe a, a spoon and not on the tef- top of the pencil, maybe. Or just pen. Just drop the sill.
2: You just don't hear about
1: it very much anymore.
0: You don't. Like, what was the last movie you saw where the fate of the world depended on whether or not someone could get their finger into a vagina? You're right.
2: It's a wonderful life, was actually the last one I
1: could think of. I don't hear about it very often. That part when Jim Short's like, every time a bell rings, an angel gets to swing. Now, <laughs> drop your pants. <laughs> drop dropped. Him the every time
0: a bell rings, <laughs> I get to figure your vagina.
1: <laughs> now, drop those oh, God.
2: <laughs> All right.
0: About. Well, <laughs> number seven is a movie that you should be familiar with. It was direct to Netflix. Six Tracy. Netflix original. <laughs> the
1: babysitter.
0: Yeah.
1: Woo. I was waiting for it on your list the whole time. You did it.
0: Something nice <laughs> to talk about. Yep. And here it is. <laughs> I, I love the fuck out of this movie. Like, I think it was directed by Mick G, who is not a director I'm, like, you know, totally a big fan of. I think he did, like, the Charlie's Angels movies and the Terminator Salvation, <laughs> one of the ones no one likes. So it's not like he has a great track record, but, man, he delivered on this movie.
1: Which is weird. I honestly thought it was just a nobody, and I was like, you know what, he just, <laughs> he just went for it. I didn't know he did those other movies. It makes me actually sad that he did yeah. those other movies because this movie was just amazing.
0: <laughs> it really was. I loved everything about this. This movie is so rewatchable, and really, I think it they owe it all to especially the the casting people who picked you know the main kid and the babysitter because they're just so good, like they're good individually, they're so good together, like even once you realize that she's up to bad things like I never wanted anything bad to happen to her because I just I enjoyed her character so much yeah it was oh man and you so could totally good. so good you could totally understand why this kid like doesn't want to turn on her even when she's trying to kill him and stuff like you definitely understand like oh why he would be into her so
1: yeah
0: because they were good friends like they were so good together they had good adventures like just a good rapport between the two of them
1: Oh, man. It's such a great movie. And it's so cliche after cliche, and things didn't make sense, and it went over the top on so many parts, and there wasn't a second yeah. that I cared. I did not care yeah. that it went over the top. I didn't care that the movie was just like, none of this would actually happen, but I didn't yep. care because it was enjoyable to watch.
0: Yep. That's the thing like you can go out on a limb on things. You can do wacky stuff as long as the rest of the movie is good enough that you you know it's not going to bother you. If you're enjoying uh, yourself, you'll you'll give things a lot of leeway. Yep. Man, it's just this was an I excellent movie. Cool. I definitely recommend Everyone out there watch it, uh, especially about the, you know this, this kid. He's probably a little too old to really have a babysitter, but he's got this babysitter, and his parents go out of town for the weekend, so he decides he's kind of got a crush on her. He's going to stay up one night and kind of spy on her and see what, she's, what she does after he goes to sleep type thing, and he finds out that she's up to bad things. <laughs> it's not quite just make-out parties and all the fun stuff he expected.
1: Even the parents in this movie, now they've been, uh, like, the father in the movie, he's been a father in other movies, like in role models and stuff, and every time he plays a parent, mm. I know he's going to kill it, because that guy is so <laughs> hilarious, and every single time he plays the dad, oh, man, it's so funny, I love
2: it. true, him. he was great.
0: <laughs> yeah, even, like, the friends that she, the babysitter hangs out with, they were, for the most part, all pretty good, I don't really remember anybody that was terrible, and for the most part, they I, were really honestly, damn solid. They,
1: they were the, the the typical cliches of what, like, probably millennials are. <laughs> and even back then, now, I mean, you had the jock. You had the, yeah, kid, the you cheerleader kid. Uh, you had the cheerleader. You had the cheerleader. It was just those typical cliches. It was so good, though.
0: <laughs> yeah, all the dialogue was hilarious. there's a lot of good jokes. I just, I really can't say enough good things about this movie because it was so fun.
1: Yeah, super good. Super, super duper. Yeah, good. I
2: loved
0: it. All right. Um, my number six, going back to the theaters, was Blade Runner 2049.
2: Oh, wow. Yeah.
0: I really, really enjoyed this movie. <laughs> like, it made a big impression on me when I first saw it, especially, like it's very long. It's like two hours and 45 minutes long, <laughs> which is, you know, that's, that's a, quite a commitment there, but I loved every second of it. Like after I saw this movie, I just, I had it in my head for probably a good day or two. Just, I think I even had dreams of like a Blade Runner esque world that night. Cause it really just is one of the most beautiful movies. Like visually you'll ever see, especially seeing it on the big screen and everything. Like it was so good. Like, all the visuals were stunning. Like, just the way the sets were designed was was cool-looking and weird, and they just touched it up with, you know, CGI enough without cgi everything and making it all look fake. Like, it all looked really real, and there was stuff where, like, this hologram girl was, like, kind of overlapping with a real girl, and they were kind of doing the same motions at the same time and that kind of stuff, and it was so cool. It's like, this is... Stuff I've never seen on screen before, which I mean it's just when I see this many movies, it's like that's what I want to see. It's something I've never seen before like this. Like, show me something new. And this movie definitely did, like and I've never been the hugest fan of Blade the original Blade Runner. Um I, I mean I don't hate it, but I don't love it either. It's kinda kinda slow and kinda boring. Um it feels like a detective movie where he doesn't really do much detecting at all. <laughs> the mystery, all just, he just kind of stumbles into some of the guys he's trying to hunt down. Um, this one I thought had a more engaging story. Like, uh, Ryan Gosling is the lead this time instead of Harrison Ford, although Harrison Ford's character does make an appearance at a certain point. Um, and it's just—I don't know—it was just very entertaining the whole way. Um, it kind of had some little twists and stuff where it's setting stuff up one way and kind of goes the other way, uh, but it all in ways that make sense. And I was just—I was just pretty into this movie, like from the second I saw it. So it's a sequel that came out probably 30 years after the original, and I would say, in my opinion, is probably better than the original, which rarely,
2: rarely.
1: Disappeared once again, folks.
2: Hmm. Oh, might be coming back. Oh,
0: he's gone.
1: He's gone now. Folks, we really are trying on this show. We are doing our very, very best. It seems that Kevin has now passed on. Oh, I hear him preaching.
2: There he is. I've preached. (laughs) Head first.
1: He's breached. As one does. As one does.
0: Damn it. I hate this phone and or blog talk. I don't even know what it is anymore.
1: At least you've preached.
0: <laughs> all right. But, yeah, anyway, um, unfortunately, this movie didn't do too well in the theater, um, especially considering the budget. Like, it was a pretty expensive movie. They want to say it was, like, $150 million, something like that, because uh, of all the visual effects and, you know, the crazy sets and everything. And I, it didn't make that much money, even though the critics loved it. Like, I think the audience score is really high. Like, I think everybody that saw it loved it. Uh, It's just not a lot of people end up going to see it, which kind of is the same case with the original Blade Runner. Like, uh, definitely didn't do much in the box office when it came out, Um, and people slowly kind of got on board with it over time. Um, And I guess they kind of thought that now that it has an audience, this would be the time for a sequel, but... I guess they just didn't show up for it again, unfortunately, because <laughs> this movie was really, really good. So, I would like to see more blue Runners, <clears throat> but I don't think it's going to happen just because you know it's hard to make the money back, and you really need to spend a lot of money to make it this awesome and beautiful as it was. So.
1: So you said it didn't do that well in the box office, though.
0: Yeah, like I, I it, barely anybody <laughs> saw it. It seemed like. <laughs> I forget exactly what it made, but I know, because it's like I heard it described as like a very expensive, you know, independent movie. Because it does have that small feel. It's not like a grand scale, you know. Oh my God, there's robots invading and there's a whole army of robots and now we gotta go fight them. There's nothing like that going on. It's just very small scale and a very small, intimate story, told with, you know, all this money being put into it so that you can make the world look as cool as it does. And they spent every money every penny wisely 'cause it really is one of the greatest looking things you'll ever see.
1: Now, how is my friend Mr. Leto in this
0: movie? <laughs> um yeah, I would say he was definitely the weakest link. Um, not nearly as bad as the Joker. Um, and luckily he's not in it very much. <laughs>
2: Mm-hmm. but he's
0: I wouldn't say he was amazing by any stretch of the imagination um it wasn't so bad that it took me out of it or anything like that like uh, he's still he's probably fine, I would say the best is what i would say he was average <laughs>
1: okay
0: <laughs> everybody else though they were good. Anna D'Armas is in it who you know i i like her she's she's good. I don't even know who that is. <laughs> she was, uh, she, I think I mentioned her before. She was in like a one of those things where it's like uh, I went to a movie one week she was in it, and then she was in a movie the next week. It's like, damn, back to back. <laughs> oh. Weird. Busy lady. Yeah, she's coming up in the world. Um, she is All right. Yeah, she is
1: that dirty, dirty girl.
0: <laughs> if we do top 10 ladies, that might be on the list. <clears throat> All oh right.
2: bye
0: <laughs> Number five. It's a movie I remember I had to drive to Woodridge to see. It's probably a good 40, 45 minutes away, but it was the only theater that was showing it. Um, <clears throat> or not even Woodridge. Where was that one? Ah, oh, shit, I don't remember. But it was fire. <laughs> um this was a movie called Colossal Oh Directed by Nacho Nacho Vidal yes. Or something like that No, Nacho
1: <laughs> Cheese
0: <laughs> He made a movie called Time Crimes Which I really liked Even though it's in Spanish And you gotta read subtitles Which wasn't a fan of that part But the movie itself is really good um, this one is actually all in English with American actors, so <laughs> that's a step in the right direction. Um, this, I think we talked about this before. This movie, Colossal, stars Anne Hathaway and Jason Sudeikis. They're kind of the main people. Um, Anne Hathaway kind of plays like a drunk uh, who just can't get her life together, and she's kind of just, you know, everything's going into the toilet. She broke up with this guy, and now she's going back home to kind of live in her old hometown and just kind of crash in her parents' old house. that they, they're, they're both dead, I guess, so she just kind of has the house and doesn't really have any furniture, but she's just kind of crashing in the old house kind of type thing.
2: Um,
0: and she kind of meets up with this guy that she used to be friends with back in school, and she kind of gets a job helping him out a little bit and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden there's this kaiju attack in, like, Korea or Vietnam, something like that, Um <laughs> And they're like, oh, everyone's watching it on the news. Like, they're like, uh, everyone's interested. This is huge news all over the world and stuff like that. And they, sl- they she slowly starts to realize that she has control over this kaiju. Like, whatever she does, like, it'll do. <laughs> and it basically involves her going to a park between certain hours. If she's at this park between these certain hours, she can, you know, basically kaiju will will spawn and she'll do all kind of it'll do whatever she does so you know she takes a step forward the kaiju will take take a step forward and crush whatever's there um and so she is just like you know she realizes she has this power and just kind of horrified and um her friends kind of find out about it and they're kind of you know trying to to influence her including jason sudeikis who's kind of you know trying to get with her but he kind of, you quickly start realizing other things about him, and there's all kinds of revelations. And really, it's a really solid movie. And the kaiju stuff is kind of almost secondary, which normally, like in the Godzilla movie, that makes me mad. I mean, like, I want, I'm like, I'm want i here for Godzilla. But really, this movie, it, they actually pulled it off, and that you really do care more about what's going on with these characters than even the kaiju stuff. Although the kaiju stuff does lead to some really good stuff as well. Um, so it's just all around a really good movie about just people you know and their interactions and and just her kind of trying to come to grips with being you know responsible and that kind of stuff for this giant creature and just in her life in general and just all around it was wow. damn solid like Anne Hathaway was, was good she was like amazing I mean the Catwoman level good I would say in this <laughs> it's not better <sighs>
1: I hated her as Catwoman, by the way.
0: Oh, I liked her as Catwoman. That's probably the first time I was be like, oh, okay. I like this Anne Hathaway. Uh, all right. <laughs> Next movie. I hated that movie, but her performance was all right.
2: Uh, all right.
0: Oh. Number four is a movie I know you're familiar with. I haven't
1: disaster artist. Oh, I want to see this though. I can't believe I haven't seen
0: it. Yeah, you should go. It's pretty, pretty damn solid. This is definitely a movie I'll buy once it gets out on DVD. Um, obviously, the story of The Making of the Room, uh, kind of chronicling the events based off of the book that Greg Sestero wrote uh, about The Making of the Room. Although, apparently, see, I really like this movie, and I really liked it when I saw it, but in every review I've heard, it seems like they left a lot of stuff out and kind of tried to paint Tommy Wiseau as less of a monster <laughs> than he really was in real life. So it seems like, oh. you know, they kind of bent some stuff to make him a little more sympathetic. But So that part kind of bothers me, but the movie itself was really entertaining. There's a lot of really funny parts in it. Um, obviously, seeing a lot of stuff about the room. Behind the scenes is pretty great. Um, James Franco does a really good job of doing a Tommy Wiseau impression, that kind of thing. Dave Franco as doing Greg Sestero, probably less so. (laughs) Um, I never really, he wasn't terrible by any stretch. Like, he's definitely a good actor. He just didn't seem like Greg Sestero so much. Um, They definitely don't sound anything alike. Like, Dave Franco's got a pretty high voice. (laughs) All around, it was really good. Seth Rogen, um, he's played with, like, the script supervisor. He was really funny. Um, it's just a lot of good little cameos by people, which is pretty good. It starts out with a bunch of uh, really weird cameos by, like, celebrities talking about the room, including Kevin Smith. Uh, so, you know, that made me happy. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, just a disaster artist, really good. Um It would be hilarious if, like, James Franco gets nominated for an Oscar, or especially if he wins and then he gets to bring Tommy Wiseau up on stage. (laughs) Tommy Wiseau gets to talk at all. That will be hilarious.
1: He already did that for the – oh, man, what was that? What award did he
0: Yeah, the Golden Globes. (laughs) But he wouldn't let him talk. (laughs) I don't know if he's saving that for the Oscars. or? It's
2: hilarious. Although, supposedly –
0: it sounds like uh, even if James Franco gets nominated, I don't think he's gonna win now because I th- I think like he's next up for the whole uh, like sex scandals coming out. <laughs> I think they just said the other day something about like oh now a bunch of girls are coming forward claiming oh he's actually abused why? them or something. So
2: <laughs> yep. Why is he so wise? Just tearing me apart. <laughs> You're
0: tearing me Lisa. apart. <laughs> yep. So, we're gonna have no one left pretty much soon.
1: It's ridiculous. These stupid girls, man. just want that sweet, sweet money. yeah, I'll take a settlement I'll do a <laughs> settlement.
0: <laughs> I don't know. All right. I'm a number three. Reason why I
1: can't date women. <laughs>
0: I mean, I don't doubt that this stuff happens. It seems like the more and more you hear, like, a lot of these stories add up. So I, I can't say that this isn't happening, and that most
2: of the time I it, it is legit. All, I,
1: I can't say that they're all not happening either, but the thing that's really making me angry, which I can see where some of these women are coming from, like, oh, maybe they're scared, um, but speak up. Go to the cops.
2: Yeah. You, you, you're
1: so scared you can't go to the cops? Like, you're talking about this stuff 10 years later. You probably already forgot about it. Plus, you slept with James Franco. So, oh, God. <laughs> probably something you wanted to do anyway. So I'm not going <laughs> to be very angry. Why come forward now? I was drunk. I didn't know what I was doing. It was James Franco. You knew what you were doing. <laughs> Sorry, that's my rant no, I for today.
2: <laughs> I think it depends
0: on the situation and what actually... Uh, it's definitely some of these are real bad. Some of them might just be people blowing things out of proportion, but some definitely seem like, you know, bad stuff happened.
1: Yeah. And for them, I do but feel anyway. really bad. Especially with the Kevin Spacey guy. Like, I feel bad for that kid yeah. who was roped. I mean, that's that messed up.
0: <laughs> yep. I saw something online yesterday, like, Eliza Dushku posted some big, long article about, like, some, uh, Joel Kramer, some, like, producer who was, like, in charge of her safety on, like, the True Lies set when she was, like, a kid. It's like, oh, God. Jesus. That's no good. Yeah. Stupid people. Anyway. Um... Number three is a Marvel movie. Very good Marvel movie. Called Thor Ragnarok.
2: Oh, 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 oh. I
0: actually thought a Third was movie be in the Thor for I <laughs> it was close. I mean it's a definite contender for sure. Uh it was really solid. Um obviously it's way better than any of the other Thor movies. I'm not going to say those movies are terrible, uh, but they're definitely, I would say, on the lower end of the Marvel movies. (laughs) They're definitely not my favorites by any stretch of the imagination. Um, One's better than two, um, but three is in a whole nother stratosphere. Uh, It's just, it's really solid. It's one of the funniest Marvel movies you'll see. Um, It's. It was just damn entertaining. A lot of stuff actually ended up happening. Uh, so it wasn't just like, oh, joke, 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 but nothing something comes of this. Like, no, there was some real stuff going on. <laughs> um, pretty much most of the acting, I would say, was all great. Hela, uh Kate Blanchett did a really good job. I've never really been much of a fan of Cate Blanchett, but I thought she did a great job as Hela. Um She's one of the better Marvel villains because she kind of was there having having a good time with it. So I can't hate on that, like... It was all around just great. Some really great Thor and Hulk moments, and just Hulk on his own moments. Like it's, re- it was really a good thing. <laughs> some sweet stuff for him to play with in that, and even Loki. Like Loki was was great, and there's some really great moments with Loki, and you really kind of see his character start to evolve to a place where I'm really curious to see where it goes in uh, in Infinity War parts one and two. If you know, if he makes it that long. <laughs> But I would, I can't wait to see what happens now. Um, it's just, it was really damn solid. So Taika Waititi did a good job of kind of reinvigorating the Thor franchise. That's
1: my boy right there. Just know that.
0: <laughs> and apparently, I heard this uh, in uh, an interview. Chris Hemsworth said that he kind of he approached Taika Waititi with a bunch of the stuff like, "Hey, what if we had Thor's hammer get broken, and um, you know, have him cut his hair." All because he had heard Kevin Smith kind of complaining about the, the Thor movies on one of his podcasts.
1: <laughs> Jesus.
0: <laughs> so, who knew that he had such an effect on the industry?
1: <laughs> A little strange, but, yeah. I think. A little
0: strange. <laughs> he's, uh, he's the king of the nerds right now. What can I say? Uh, okay. So my number two this is one you've seen. A movie that okay. swept the country last year. It's one of the biggest <laughs> one of the biggest box office hits of the entire year, which I don't think people were predicting initially. <laughs> um I think it's now the highest grossing R rated movie of all time. The movie It.
2: Oh wow. Yeah. I that movie I this yeah, I loved it. Oh, it's so good. It
1: was definitely a really good movie. I'm surprised it made it number one R-rated movie even past Deadpool.
0: Yeah, it did somehow. It passed it. <laughs> like it had a massive opening weekend and just kept going strong for I want to say like five weeks afterwards. Like it might have been number one for a while. It was at least definitely up in the top five for a good long time. Like it made huge money, huh? Yeah, people were were way into it. Sense.
2: Yeah, right. I mean it was it was cool.
0: damn good for a, It's one of the better you know uh, horror movies I've seen in a while. I would say, um, I'd say definitely the best one of last year. The kids were all great, which usually you know kid actors like are terrible <laughs> and they ruin movies. <laughs> One of I think Star Wars has finally, hopefully, learned that lesson with The Last Jedi and the prequels. I think they would have learned it from the prequels alone, but stop putting kids in these movies because they're all terrible.
1: He <laughs> just don't like kids. Kevin doesn't like kids or kids' <laughs> movies, people, so I'm sorry. Um, sometimes when he speaks, he's only speaking for himself. <laughs> kids are a delight. They are our future... <laughs>
0: Um, well, most kid actors, you yeah. got to admit, are terrible, for the most part.
1: I don't know, man. They keep surprising There are you. exceptions the, the once in whole, a while, but... The, 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 the entire cast of Stranger Things is amazing. There's not a bad kid in there, even though you hate the one kid, but I think you <laughs> yeah, uh, the one in, in the entire cast, and I would say most of America would feel the same, and... Uh, <laughs> Uh, what's it called? It, it, the cast of it. The entire cast of it. I can't say a bad thing about any of those kids. So there's good kid actors. Yeah. Just
0: just trying to. There put definitely them up. are some good ones. It's yeah. I think Hollywood just needs to be better about casting the good ones and not casting the terrible ones.
1: Fred <laughs> Savage so is another like, amazing, yeah. an amazing oh. kid actor. There's Fred some, Savage there's a lot might be there. the
0: all-time best.
1: <laughs> He probably is the all time best. That kid is that kid's
0: really got an old sh- soul. He did. He had poise from even just a young age. Little monsters. like he just seems like a little tiny adult.
1: Yep. It's perfect.
2: <laughs>
1: that's, my, that's my son.
0: True.
2: <laughs>
0: yep. You're not wrong about that at all. But yeah, so this I mean, obviously I think it it's clearly the better of the its <laughs> compared to the old one. Um, and we still got another half to go, so I'm curious to see what they're going to end up doing with that.
1: I'm very terrified. I'm very terrified of what they're
0: going to do. <laughs> yeah, I hope they I hope they got something planned that'll really make it sing. <laughs>
2: Like
0: that. <laughs> yeah, just like that. <laughs> I i can't wait to see, I wonder what's going to happen with like the whole Bev thing. Because like, it seemed like they were really setting up her and the one kid as a couple in this movie. But then in, in the book and stuff, she ends up with the fat kid. Yeah. I wonder if they're going to keep that the same or change it. I don't know.
1: I'm not sure. Just we'll see what happens because I'm very, very in, much in love with that movie. So
0: Me too. It was just, it was one of the best for sure. So in my collection. Yep, I bought it yesterday actually.
1: <laughs> nice. I'll wait for it to come down in price because it's probably still like $25.
2: <laughs> yeah, pretty close. Ridiculous right.
0: Well My number one Do you care to hazard a guess?
1: So the weird thing is is You didn't mention Star Wars at all On this list Which means you've chosen Robert (laughs) Pattinson Over Star Wars Now I'm with
2: you Star Wars is definitely
1: not In any of the movies that I wanted to watch this year Um I just Guardians of the Galaxy, was that last year or this year?
0: That was last year.
1: Okay. Oh man, what could it have been then?
0: <laughs> Twenty seventeen, by last year I mean. <laughs> oh.
1: So was it Guardians of the Galaxy?
0: It is. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two.
2: Okay. Number one movie then. of the year. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you nailed it. I mean, I just... I love this movie. Um, I thought it was fantastic. Uh, Again, this was another one like Kingsman where people were like, it's not as good as the first one. Uh," But it really was. I need to watch them back to back, but I think I like this one better slightly. Like there were more jokes, funnier, slightly funnier jokes, I want to say, or at least as good. If not better. Um, Even probably more heart. Like, by the end of this movie, I'm like sobbing every time. (laughs) Jesus.
1: I mean, it's good, but not sobbing.
0: Maybe not like sobbing. sobbing. Like, like, oh, God. I can't, like, breathe. Not like that, but definitely tears. Tears, at least forming in the eye, if nothing else.
2: (laughs) Well. And there's just
0: a lot of really sweet moments like the whole like the stuff with Star-Lord and his dad before he you know the, before the turn at the end like it was it was really good it was nice to see and the relationship with him and Yandu was so great and even Yandu and Rocket was great like they kind of gave each character their own story arc in this movie which is tough when you got that many story like that many characters to try to service but they really did and they kind of moved everyone along a little bit more from even what they were at the end of the first movie, like they kind of all progressed a little bit more, so that's that's tough to do with a movie that size, but they somehow did it, so my hat's off to them on that one. They kept the whole music thing going pretty well. I didn't maybe the songs I would say were not quite as iconic as the ones in the first one for the most part, but I thought they all worked really well for sure. So,
1: this movie was super, super good. I can't even complain about that. I did like this yeah. movie quite, quite a lot. It was fun to watch the whole. Mary
0: Poppins, y'all.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a good the giant, <laughs> film. <for> the film. <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: <laughs> he turns into the giant Pac Man. Oh, it's so good.
2: Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Such a great
0: movie. It's definitely, I can rewatch the shit out of that one. I think I saw it like five times in the theater. Jesus. Come on now. <laughs> and just think this year we got Deadpool 2 and Infinity War. Probably see each of those like over six times.
2: Well, no. Come on. You can't. <laughs> I can and will.
0: (laughs) You're
1: going to do danger to yourself.
0: (laughs) I mean, you can never see one too many times. I've proven that the first year.
2: Oh, my
0: goodness. I hope this one's as good. At least we're getting it two weeks early. That's good.
1: What's that? Deadpool or Infinity Wars?
0: Uh, Deadpool 2 they moved it up two weeks
1: when does it come out
0: Uh, I want to say like uh, May maybe the third week in May or something like that dang yeah and Infinity War comes out earlier like the beginning of May (laughs) so that month's going to be stacked
1: so, they're both coming out in May?
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: Ooh, that is a terrible yep. decision. If I was, if I was, I know. I would have pushed that back.
0: And you know Ooh, what comes out man, the week might... after, the week after Deadpool 2 is, uh, the Han Solo movie.
1: Jesus. Come on, yeah. people, you, you know, somebody's not making money that month.
0: I know, something's got to give. But it might be Han Solo, because they still haven't shown a trailer or anything for that movie, and it's only four months away.
1: (laughs) That movie's going to be trash. I already know it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. They're reshooting it again. Like, they're going back for some more reshoots, apparently. (laughs) After they lost the director. (laughs) Had Ron Howard come in. He filmed a bunch. Now he's going back to film some more. (laughs) So Clearly, something is not working on this thing. They should really just move it to December like they've been doing with the rest of the Star Wars movies. Yep. You had that all staked God out.
1: Damn. <laughs> what a bunch of idiots.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yep. I just don't know how that's going to work. I think what they originally had, I think originally in Deadpool 2's place was the New Mutants movie. And then Deadpool was supposed to be, you know, two or three weeks later, which that seems stupid on Fox's part. Like, we've got two X-Men movies. Let's put them out like three weeks apart.
1: Yeah, doesn't make any sense.
0: <laughs> we've got all year, but we're going to do that. This is
1: why they had to sell their stupid uh, franchise <laughs> to Disney because they knew they've made terrible yep. mistakes in life.
0: they just can't seem to do it right (laughs) oh but you know what they did is they moved um, they they moved New Mutants now it was supposed to be what May or whatever they moved it back to February of next year (laughs) because they're doing reshoots too which sounds like it's got to be a lot of reshoots if you're pushing it back that far
1: so you know it's going to be good
0: Yep, that's quality movie right there.
1: That's the best!
0: <laughs> but anyway, enough of the Hollywood scuttlebutts. <laughs> scuttle
1: butts. Scuttle, scuttle butts, butts. You know, Talk about the games. We have 20 minutes left now. <laughs> <laughs> you want to would do be tough. That would be tough.
2: Can't
1: ever narrow it down.
0: (laughs) Hey, I mean, I saw a hundred and something movies, twenty of them at least deserve some mentions.
2: But one of whom we had Robert, Robert Pattinson. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I'm not proud of that, but it was a good movie. You
1: need to have savings now.
2: (laughs) Better him than Jacob. Now, um,
1: so yeah, so Kevin brought up in the beginning, so essentially, uh, I've been listening to a podcast now for about six months, maybe even longer than that, and what they, what they're called is, uh, the Adventure Zone, and for, I think, 69 episodes, which he wanted to end it on 69, of course, um... (laughs) they did an entire story arc using the Dungeons & Dragons uh, role-playing system. And uh, they've, they've wrapped up that entire that campaign, and now they're looking for new systems and story arcs and things of that nature. And they are now working on a very mini, uh, very small, miniature-sized campaign, well, just story arc, uh, just to test out the system. And right now they're using what is called the Monster of the Week system, and they explained the rules to that, and it hit me that playing this with Kevin and my two brothers, um, this would be very easy and simple to do over, like, a Skype horror mm-hmm. movies and things of that nature. And I know Kevin's also a fan of horror movies. So when, uh, when I started looking more into it, I started getting more into it, and we decided on moving forward. And I talked to all three of them, and they were all intrigued. So just Friday night... We did our very first uh, mystery, is what they're called. Um, So we introduced their characters, and all three of them have uh, different characters. Um, So Nick is playing a guy, a Russian dude named Teddy. Uh, (laughs) My other brother, who is playing uh, John, who has been wronged. He's kind of on revenge. He's on a revenge path for a certain monster. And Kevin, if you want to explain your your character a little bit. (laughs)
0: <laughs> uh my character is Bernard Higginbottom who is British and a, a former rock star which we haven't even gotten to yet but
2: it's
0: <laughs> true <Sure.
1: laughs> we'll get into it um but yeah so the way I'm setting this up is uh they all start off in a place called Fable Falls Massachusetts where it's a kind of smaller town but it's a pretty high trafficy area because it's kind of like an older school uh kind of village, if you will, and they have this main street that just has a bunch of old shops, cool shops, uh, neat little restaurants and bars and things for a lot of people to do while they're visiting in between cities. And uh, uh, in Fable Falls, there's this museum that sits upon this hill, and that's where it brings our characters to, and uh, they're given a mission to go find a monster, and that's pretty much how the start of every mission will kind of start. They're given a very vague clue of where to possibly go or what to possibly do to find a monster, and there they go. They go and try to investigate this mystery and find and kill a monster while trying to save all innocent bystanders. It's super fun, though. <laughs> um, I really, really I think Scooch wanted it.
0: to save the innocent bystanders. He's <laughs> like, fuck them.
1: Yeah, he, yeah, it's like, we don't need to save them. We're <laughs> just here to kill monsters.
2: Well, I thought you missed <laughs> the
1: beginning when I said you need to save them.
0: Damn <laughs> um, yeah, I was going to burn the whole place down and leave her in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could, but I don't recommend that.
2: <laughs> Not a good idea.
0: Um,
1: but yeah, so I put them. I put them all in a a fun little uh, first mystery to where they had to go to some place in France and realize that there is kind of this weird animalistic creature boogeyman that's going around. A lot of people don't believe in him. Um, but people start to end up missing. The animal man. And uh, they go out and look for this animal man that just so happens to be the beast for Beauty and the Beast. So um, They're going to dun, the dun, castle dun. and they got things attacking them and it, it was a lot of fun to play.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I had some of those uh,
0: good times. <laughs> yeah, those Robert Pattinson good times. <laughs> oh,
1: no, no, no.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of fun to just kind of spitball.
2: Yeah, yeah. Make up for shit. Sure.
0: Fail dice rolls. Kind of,
1: yeah, which is very weird. I can't believe how many times you've done that. Because I was talking <laughs> to my friends, because I'm also doing another group in the same kind of campaign um but with different people and they're like man we just kept getting a lot of good dice rolls maybe this game might be a little too, too op maybe and i was like i promise you good sir that you guys just had a streak of luck because i played with my brothers and cousin and good god they were they all leveled up i think at the end of that did you did you end up leveling up you should have probably
0: yep yeah i got at least one I think I'm yeah i'm tired of so... the way to the next one
1: I played with four people in the other group, and only one of them leveled up. Wow. Yeah.
0: They must practice dice rolling all day long.
1: (laughs) All day long. Easily all day long.
0: All the live long day.
1: Yeah, pretty bizarre, though. But, oh, man, I love this game. It's super fun. My favorite part is literally just trying to come up with a, a new area for them to explore and... Have them jump in and see if they could try to figure out my mystery. I will say this: the next one, and I was telling the other guys, I don't, and I'm gonna do my best, but I don't know if all of you guys will survive. I may have made it. Oh
0: no!
2: (laughs) So I've
1: got some ideas on what what we could do to buff you up, but this next one, I have a feeling, will be very difficult for you guys. But it should be a lot more fun. It's a lot less intriguing. This one is a complete I almost died in the first area. one. I know. It's pretty intense well, I mean I <laughs> was said you to be quiet and then oh, the one thing you did was decide to start screaming. <laughs>
0: yeah, that was that was dumb. I didn't think.
1: <laughs> I mean uh, <laughs> You even ask what's vulnerable to me and I tell you, Be quiet. And the stove turns on <laughs> And you say, Mike, then I turn around and I start screaming while I'm running. Okay?
2: (laughs) You did this to yourself now. (laughs) He scares easily. That's just what he does.
1: (laughs) That was pretty funny. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh,
2: Good times.
1: But, yeah, it was tons of fun. Had a lot of fun. I can't wait to do the next one. I'm really excited no, for that. Oh,
2: my goodness.
1: I'm so tired.
2: Going to beat I'll
1: let you know if I have to dumb it down when I start killing pretty much all their characters tomorrow.
0: <laughs> yes. Sweet. It makes it easy on
2: us, then. Because
1: <laughs> Gully is going to be starting to play his mad scientist guy, uh, Professor Open Legs. And...
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that is a great name. It really is.
1: Yeah. Um, and then the other... T- Two or three guys are gonna be attempting to do uh some stuff, hopefully good stuff.
2: We'll Holy see what we happens. <laughs>
1: yeah, well I don't want to get too much into details with theirs because like I said, hopefully eventually I do like this spirit alternate universe that brings all of you guys together.
0: Yeah. To,
1: uh, a mystery that would be super fun to do.
0: That would be pretty sweet. Special crossover. Yeah. It would be like when the Holland Globetrotters ended up on Gilligan's
2: Island.
1: That was a thing?
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that happened.
0: I don't know why. Who thought that was a good idea?
1: Huh. All right. Interesting, I suppose.
0: (laughs) Because then they got off. But not the Gilligan's people. (laughs) Well, of course not. (laughs) That
1: would make too much sense.
0: (laughs) We never get to get off.
1: But, yeah, that's pretty much all I got. Um, uh, And hopefully you guys enjoyed this. I believe next week Kevin is doing his uh, top 10 or 20 or 40 uh, worst movies of the year.
2: <laughs> and it yeah. should be
1: pretty fun Ship to listen bombs. to. Um, we're going to pretty much do the same thing as we did this week, where we just kind of go through this list, and then I'll try to come up with something towards the end to talk about.
0: It. Yeah, sounds good. But Let's say that, we should do the weird album. Got. We're not going to have time. <laughs>
1: yeah. We might we might do that next week. we should have maybe a little bit more time next week because I don't think you'll go into yeah. depth about why these movies suck so bad,
0: so <laughs> unless they really get me angry, but most of them probably true, not. very true
1: um, all right, well, everybody, I hopefully had a, a a great weekend, and uh this has been another great podcast with uh the original janksters here with Peter Jenkin that is Kevin Jenkin to always remember to flip that tip. Thanks
2: for listening. Getting down and dirty with a brosyon loader. Got no people skills, but he's good with motor. <laughs> that weird thing by his side, an infantilized sequoia. The two of them who walk by. People say, Oh.